Next on BYUSN, the transfer portal transformation continues. BYU football adds another wide receiver. How quarterback Keaton Slovis' arsenal specifically upgraded. Plus, how many more receivers does BYU need to add from the portal? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, May 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everyone. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. We forgot the party hats today. Uh, they're always on symbolically. Yeah, I, I got a lot of Mexican heritage in my family, people that came over from England and then four generations back uh, lived in Mexico through my mom, and then I'm the one that hasn't, uh, but certainly proud of that. Cinco de Mayo is celebrating a victory over France in 1862. It is not Mexican Independence Day, which I think some of us think it is. <laughs> in fact, it's a minor holiday in Mexico. It's actually a bigger deal in the United States. Mexican Independence Day is September 16th. Any victory over France is worthy of a holiday. Well, we love France uh, from the United <laughs> States. They really hooked a brother up in that 16 over a one upset in the Revolutionary War we had. Touche. <laughs> so Touché. enjoy Cinco de Mayo. Maybe a little Mexican food coming up. The original UMBC. <laughs> yes, what's the U.S. <laughs> over England? That was the Retrievers. Just a bunch of 13 colonies. They had put it together in the portal and uh, upset the number one seed. <laughs> On today's show, BYU's newest receiver and portal addition, Darius Lassiter from uh, Eastern Michigan, is official. What he adds to the offense? Do the Cougars need to add more in the portal? Blaine Fowler will join us to discuss. That and my one-on-one -on -one with Colts free agent lineman Harris Lachance on going to Indianapolis with hometown friend Blake Freeland. Plus, how much does he eat for, for breakfast? You may be surprised. Here are today's headlines. It is official. BYU football adds Eastern Michigan transfer wide receiver Darius Lassiter. Lassiter compiled 40 catches, had 471 yards receiving, and four touchdowns for Eastern Michigan last season. He was also a junior college All-American in 2021, 6'3", 200 pounds, Chandler, Arizona guy. And Fessy Satake is thrilled to add this experience to his wide receiver room. Much more on this coming up. Ben Bywater named as a lot impact trophy watch list candidate. Is it already watch list season? I thought that was later. Bywater led the Cougars in tackles each of the last two seasons. BYU men's basketball will host Georgia State. According to John Rothstein of CBS Sports, on December 13th, which means seven of BYU basketball's 13 non-conference games have now been announced in some capacity. It's more than half. Baseball beat San Diego 10-6 in game one last night, thanks to an incredible pitching performance from Mason Olsen, who threw 120 pitches over six and a third, nine strikeouts. Austin Deming, three for five, three RBI. Ozzie Pratt, three for four, two extra base hits. Game two tonight, 9 Eastern on the BYU Radio app. Cannot emphasize how critical it is that BYU wins this series if they want to finish in the top six and get to the postseason tournament. BYU softball in an even more precarious position. They host Pacific, a doubleheader tonight, game three tomorrow. First game set for 7 Eastern live on BYU TV. The Cougars four games behind first place LMU. LMU is off, so if BYU sweeps, they can get to within a game and then it will all come down to next week. NFL rookie mini camps begin today. Blake Freeland and Harris Chance are with the Colts. Peyton Wilgar with the Chiefs, uh, which is uh, beginning tomorrow through Monday. Jaron Hall and the Vikings begin in a week. BYU Track and Field will compete at the Oxy Invitational and Sound Running Track Fest. Sorry, what? In is Southern California tomorrow. What's going on there? 
I just read what's in front of me with the sponsorships involved in these things. <laughs> the men's team comes into the events ranked ninth overall nationally. The women's team currently number 12. If you haven't heard, BYU track and field top to bottom is really, really good. Men's volleyball's Heath Hughes and Capota Brown have both been named to the 10-man USA Beach Collegiate National Team. They'll train June 11th through the 17th in Chula Vista, California. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Receiver groups that the BYU's had. Shakes off a tackle, spins out another tackle. What a play by Cody Epps. Touchdown, Chase Roberts. What a night for Keanu Hill. That was spectacular. Oh, Darius, BYU only wants to be with you, my friend. Welcome Hello, to the football program in Provo, Utah. BYU's wide receiver core gets another uptick. This has been a very interesting week for Fessy Sadaki. Listen, <laughs> yes, it has. And we love the, like, listen, the portal uh, gives us some stuff to talk about in May, which is great. Cody Epps left. Now he's back. But did he did even he ever really leave? Did he leave? And now Darius Lassiter joins Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, and Cody Epps. Yes. Along with a core of young guys. Jerem, what does the Eastern Michigan transfer wide receiver specifically bring to the wide receiver group and BYU's offense? I think he immediately comes in and he's kind of your, your in the top four right there, which is awesome. And maybe he is one of the top three receivers at BYU. We'll see. Maybe, maybe he's the best receiver at BYU. He's going to get a shot to prove that this year. Uh, you like the height um, and size, 6'3", 200 from Chandler, Arizona. Went to high school in Kansas, though. Looking forward to talking to him hopefully uh, early next week. Played in all 13 games last year, 40 catches, 471, four touchdowns. Those are good numbers. Had two 100-yard games, uh, one against uh, Western Michigan, a little okay. rivalry game there. And then in the Potato Bowl, uh, had a nice game, six for 108 and two touchdowns against San Jose State. So he immediately adds depth to that room. A guy who is proven at the FBS level, a former All-American in JC, he is ready to go, and now he's got a Power 5 opportunity, which is exciting. Certainly there are other capable guys in the room, like we mentioned, those top three. Cody Epps, Chase Roberts, Keanu Hill. Brayden Cosper would have been in this group, by the way. He chose to retire. I feel like we forget his name sometimes. Let's put him out there. There are a couple of vets who, who want a chance to prove themselves, and young guys, we'll get to that in a sec, but I like the addition. We've known about this for a couple of days. Just waiting for the official mention, you know, from... Uh, uh, BYU football, and, and here we are. So I really like it. Um, and he, BYU's not done. But they were going to add him whether Cody Epps left or not. This was kind of a pre-Cody Epps need. And again, I, I've said a lot, but Aaron Roderick told us at the end of spring ball, we've got five or six scholarships for receivers if we want to use yep. them. And they're, I don't know if they're going to get five or six. Maybe they will. But um, here's the first of several. There was some speculation that the Cody Epps news somehow prompted the commitment of Darius Lassiter. That was not the case. We have learned that it just happened to be coincidental timing. Epps was meant to be part of the group. Lassiter knew about it, and he comes in as a much-needed now fourth in the big four receivers. Physically speaking, he reminds me a little bit of Jordan Leslie, though he's two inches taller than Jordan Leslie. But he's 6'3", 200. Leslie's 6'1", 205. So I like his size that he brings. Epps is a much-needed slot-type receiver. I'm guessing if he had left BYU, thank goodness he didn't, we would sit, be sitting here and saying, BYU needs somebody smaller, shiftier, quicker in the slot. But now Cody Epps, again, is still in that, that place. I like Darius Lassiter's size. Uh, I like his speed. I think he's got great hands. I've talked to two coaches, and they specifically just say, oh, his hands. His hands are incredibly strong. Um, we know what that means. 
Puka Nakua had incredibly strong hands. Lasseter's not the playmaker or the proven playmaker that Puka is, but they did say hey, his, his hands are every bit as strong as Puka's, and I think that carries some weight for BYU. So different skill set. Uh, I'm excited to watch him play, and I just, even though it's not power five transfer, we're talking about a junior college All-American that has Division One yeah. experience. He'll get his power five experience at BYU. Yes, he will. And I love that uh, he's got multiple years to play. This is this is a good pickup for BYU, and hopefully a guy that's going to be here until he's done playing football and then on to bigger and better things, whether that's professional or otherwise. That's exciting. Cause he did, so he does have two years. That's exciting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe so, yes. Because yeah. he played two JC and one Eastern Michigan. So I'm just wondering how he gets a I believe the COVID exception is in there somewhere. Oh, gotcha. 21 JC something or other. Okay, great. Uh, no complaints. Um, topic two, does BYU need to add more to the wide receiver room? I still think they need one more. I believe you feel like they need at least two more. If not more. At, at least two. At least two. At a minimum. At a minimum, just give me one more experienced guy through the portal, and then you've got five proven commodities, and if an injury or two haven't been happen, that's when so be it. Dom Henry and Parker Kingston come so into the mix. Exactly. But if you give me five experienced, proven receivers in that room, that's enough with the young core behind them. Yeah, it'd be great to have more, but I need at least one more. And from what I've been told, BYU is very, very active in the portal. They're talking to multiple guys who are making their visits this week specific to the wide receiver position. This week like today and at, tomorrow or next week? I, I was told this week. This I was week, told okay. this week is going to be very be busy, and yeah. they're hoping to add a few more critical pieces. That's great. Um, yeah, and who knows who fits where uh, in those four, by the way, with Lassiter. But I just like more experience in the room. So vets who want a chance. Hobbs, Nyberg, Talmadge, Gunther, Cade Moore. Guys who have been here for a couple of years who, who were like, well, can I be in that group? Absolutely. They'll have a chance to prove that, right, in, in practice. But BYU is still going to bring in a couple of guys. Uh, freshman or retro freshman in no particular order who we're excited about in the future, and we'll see what happens, right? Kyson Hall, that's Jaren's uh, younger brother. Of course, Dawson's on the baseball team. Kyson's on the football team. Koa Eldridge out of Hawaii. Parker Kingston, who had a, a hand injury in spring, didn't play a ton. Dom Henry yes. uh, from Florida. Devin Downing was uh, a year behind Chase Roberts on that American Fork squad that threw yes. for 10 million yards. JoJo Phillips is the kid from yeah. Sierra Canyon. Yeah, I like JoJo. Basketball, game. Bronny, uh, James. So that's, that's a good young group. Because it's the Big 12 and because we just don't know how hard that's going to be and what kind of options Keaton Slovis and this offense need, yes, I think I'm with you. If BYU got one more, I'm good. Yeah. If they got two more, like I, Darius, ideal. Darius Lasseter plus, now we go, okay, we are ready for any kind of attrition that may occur. And, listen, uh, men's basketball, myself included and others, have been critical of the, like, well, uh, you know, oh, it's just a bunch of portal guys. How do we sort of sustain that? BYU football in certain spaces is investing in the portal more than the sort of homegrown guy in a way. Where they feel like they need to get returns now, like quicker investments as, a as opposed to the long-term investments of the high school kid who's going on a mission who needs a couple years to develop before he's an impact player. In that case, it's four or five years. In the case of, like, the offensive line room, BYU got, like, four or five guys out of the portal to be in that top eight to ten spots mm. uh, on the line. In the wide receiver room, you could argue BYU retaining Fs 
is a big deal. Granted, it was like a 48-hour deal, but that's like a Yoli Childs-like move there where BYU re-recruits someone to be here next year. And you need other guys that are ready now uh, because when you play at Oklahoma uh, or against Oklahoma on senior day, November 18th, you just need guys because you don't know what kind of ankle injuries and hamstrings and what. Last year, we didn't think, you know who's not going to play as much as we think? Gunnar Romney and Puka Nico. We did not have that inkling or idea. The hope is you stay healthy. I think they played in one combined game in the first five weeks, right? Gunnar gets hurt in fall camp. I think he plays a total of like two games, maybe three or something. And Puka is not 100% all year. You just need good players ready to go at multiple positions. Like Jake Retzloff needs to be ready to go just in case. That's the role of a backup. So I'm excited about Lasseter adding to a good core of three. I, I wouldn't say he's the fourth dude right now. I don't know what he is in that group. He might be BYU's best receiver. I don't know. Let's see. But I like the group of four. If you add one or two guys with those kind of numbers at the FBS level, mm -hmm. I don't care if it's like you G5 or P5. Sure. Obviously, if you've done it in a P5 league, that's awesome. You bring it in. Now BYU is cooking with oil, right? At running back, I am interested to see what BYU does there. It feels like the Cougars are content. Aiden Robbins is your guy, and then you got Hinkley, Ropati, Miles Davis as experienced dudes. L.J. Martin coming up behind him. Jackson McChesney, by the way, officially retired, retired from yeah. football, which was a bummer. How does Sol J factor into that room? Sol J is this hybrid wide receiver running back yeah. that they can use however they want. So um, it's, it's interesting to see it's a skill position. It's kind of what happens there. But BYU's done a nice job in the portal in the offseason. I, I am more than pleased with the additions that BYU has added to football and men's basketball to feel like, okay, in football, you're going to give us seven and five plus, And in basketball, with perhaps one more piece, maybe two, um, you, could, you could be sniffing the tourney and make it interesting, which is the minimum we want in a basketball season is like, give us NIT plus. Give us a shot at the tourney. And in football, of course, it's always going to be bowl game. We'll add to that later. But in the first year of the Big 12, it's like, just get, just get to a bowl game. Another name I'm excited about, and I know we're probably 12 to 18 months away from seeing him like run significant routes at BYU, is Cody Hagan, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm just really excited about what he will eventually yes. bring to BYU. Yes, I just... I just uh... He's kind of the next in the line of like solid return missionary guys, right? Like the next Chase Roberts, if you will. Yes. Yeah, I, yes. I, I like what Hagan brings. Are we most through. excited about future BYU athlete that's not playing this fall? Colin Chandler? Is he like the number one answer to that? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. He's roaming around in London right now. If you, fo if you follow him on his mission, he and his companion are like burning stuff for people in the community all the time. Sure. They have like a wood burner. They're just burning stuff. <laughs> How much does the tight end group, specifically Isaac Rex, make coaches feel better about not go not having to go get multiple receivers now like if they go got go get one more and they have five experienced guys and they've got Isaac Rex does that somehow make things better does it make everybody feel better yes but to me they're just is there less pressure is what I'm getting at because you have Isaac Rex to go get multiple sure, receivers sure but but those are different positions to me like like yes they're pass catchers but um well, Jackson Bowers. We're stoked about Jackson Bowers. Yes, we are. Like, that is that is Bowers. a baller coming in here as a freshman. And he's right. Like, he he's, is he's an going immediate to be impact guy. Perhaps BYU's number two tight end. All right, our question of the day. At this point, has BYU football, and we're asking big picture here, mm -hmm. think about all of the transfer portal moves, both leaving BYU and 
coming to BYU. Has BYU football gained more than they have lost in the transfer portal this offseason? I feel like we should probably remind BYU fans because it's been a minute since BYU lost somebody and Epps didn't end up leaving. But, yeah. I mean, the Barrington brothers and Keenan Peely are at the top of the list, Gabe right? Judy Lally. Gabe Judy Lally also Logan follows Fano. Peely. Those are kind of the top five, okay. yeah. So, Jay Floyd 314 on Twitter says, it's been a big win for BYU so far. BYU has adequately replaced every departing rotational player and added several upgrades. Yeah, I, I think overall it's been a net positive because of quantity. BYU did not replace Clark Barrington with anybody as good as Clark Barrington, in my opinion. But the quality of multiple guys and the depth that BYU and quality at that position, I think, has been really good. Yeah, I look at it by position group. Has the defensive line gotten better? Yes. The, the offensive line overall gotten better? We think so. Have the linebackers at least held serve now, even though they lost Kenny? Yeah. They went and they got some dudes, right? AJ Bong Pacha at Utah is State. Experienced. A- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that, just kind of ask yourself by position group, is BYU at least even or better than they were? And I think for the most part, this is leaning towards a net positive. Yes, yeah. I, I do have questions about kickers still. Still have questions about kickers. Fair. Yeah. All right. Okay, BYU softball hosts its last West Coast Conference homestand. Oh, ever in the WCC. Wow. Against Pacific. Doubleheader tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TVF. Up next, dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler joins us been busily watching the transfer portal like the rest of us. Does he think BYU football has gained more than they've lost in the portal specifically? Is it a net positive for basketball? This is BYU Sports Nation. Driven the third's chase on the case. <laughs> that was so good against Baylor. That was that was the best night of the season. The Baylor game, hands was down. Magical. That was, that was a magical night in the 2022 season. It's awesome. We're man. four months away. A little under four months away. Four months. Game number oh, one. Gosh. Oh, this offseason is gonna fly by. All the Big 12 media days, everything going on. Yeah. <sighs> Luckily, it's under four months. But Let's yes, go. Just a hair. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It has been a transfer portal transformation, and we can barely keep up. There's so many moving parts here, but... That's our job. We're on top of it. I have nothing to else to do. I keep up perfectly. <laughs> per- like, uh, perfectly. I am. Per- <laughs> I have nothing. This is my paid perfectly. profession. Yeah. Joining us now to go over the transfer portal fun and assess if indeed BYU football is a net positive uh, or have they lost and they're net negative is Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, welcome back to the show. How has your experience with the transfer portal been over the past few weeks? Well, it's kind of the whole transfer portal combined with the NIL thing sure makes it exciting. This time of year, usually you've got nothing to talk about, right? But <laughs> You're telling us. We got a ton to talk about all the time now because because of this. And so it, it sure makes it uh, more interesting. And in the end, I, I think as far as football is concerned, BYU is in a much better position than most. Um, and I think they're in a positive. I know you guys have asked this question today. Is it a net positive or a net negative? And to me, it's a big-time net positive for BYU right now. And uh, 
Hey, you know what I'm looking forward to? Like, can you guys see over my shoulder right there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for every single home game for it to look just like that. Huh? Oh, man. How about that? It's going to. Let's hope in uh, late November against uh, Oklahoma it is. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Th to your fun. point, BYU lost some notable pieces, and there was a time when, sure, it was the exit, the exodus, if you will, but then eventually you arrive in the promised land. Uh, Clark Barrington, Keenan Peely, Dallin Holker, Campbell Barrington, Gabe Judy Lally, notably among those five. But BYU's added notable Keaton Slovis, Jackson Cravens, Paul Miley, Caleb Etienne, Waylon Apuahu, Isaiah Banya, Eddie Hecker, Ian Fitzgerald, and so on. The quantity of that and the quality have been notable, led by perhaps the best possible transfer portal addition BYU could have had, which is Keaton Slovis. Yeah, I think that's huge. And that, and that immediately tilts it in the positive for, for BYU when you get a proven entity like Keaton Slovis. And you needed somebody to come in um, that, that could do great things. I think he's going to be really good. Having watched him all through spring ball, I think this offense is a great fit for him. And, and I believe his teammates have confidence in him. Both of those things are big. So he's going to have a great, a great year. And I also look to, you know, as, as you as we're looking at those guys, I, I like to look at what, what you lost. Did, was what you lost a proven commodity, a proven starter, proven commodity, proven uh, contributor, to what's coming in as a proven commodity and, and contributor. And when I look at these transfers out, I'm like, hey, Clark Barrington, obviously, he, he's, he may be the biggest loss along with, with Keenan Peely because they're proven commodities that are big kind big time contributors and not only contributors but leaders out on the field. So so those two to me, Clark and Keenan are are the two two big biggest losses. You mentioned Campbell Barrington. Um he was a sometime starter and a, and a rotating player. I think Campbell's going to be really good so that you know we can count that as a loss. Gabe Judy Lally was a, was a starter um uh and and he's going to be missed. You know, we Logan Fano is a guy that that we don't have a picture of right there. But we don't even know what Logan's going to be. So, so that's an example of what's not a proven commodity. He could be really good. I think he will be. But what's coming in? Keaton Slovis is a proven commodity. Miley and Eddie are P5 starters coming in. Isaiah Bagna and, Jack, and Jackson Cravens um, are G5 starters um, from a program that was one of the top defenses in the country last year. They're absolute proven commodities. Eddie Heckard, even though he's coming from Weber State, Maybe the best corner on the football team right now, and an NFL prospect. He's a huge, huge addition. Um, Aiden Robbins, even though he's coming from UNLV, is a thousand-yard rusher. The thing that made me feel really good about Aiden was talking to Kelly Papinga, and, and I said, "What do you think of this kid?" And he goes, "Well, let me tell you this: we had a really good defense at Boise State, and our entire game plan was to keep him from going off on us." And he had well over 100 yards, even though we designed the defense to stop him from running the football. That that tells me all that I need to know. And I, and I like this um, this new addition of, of uh, um, at wide receiver. And I think I think that when we look at who are proven commodities and who we can be confident are going to be starters and contributors. And I haven't even talked about AJ at linebacker. I think is going to be a beast on defensive side of the ball coming down from Utah State, their best defender. Yeah. The the positives so outweigh the negative proven commodities that have left that I don't even think it's a question. It's not close. BYU came out big, big. I'd say they're plus, plus, plus when it comes to out versus in in the transfer portal. Oh, triple plus as far as the transfer pluses. portal goes. Let's go. Blaine Fowler is on BYU Sports Nation. Blaine, between losing draft picks and then the outgoing pieces that we've specifically mentioned in the transfer portal, 
considering everybody that has come back into BYU football, is there a position group that you feel like still needs a little bit of an upgrade to get back to where they were last year? Maybe it's the quarterback room because Keaton has some things to prove and he just lost a draft pick in Jaron Hall. Is it the offensive line? You lost another left tackle in Blake Freeland. Is it the wide receiver room? Where are you going with the position group that still may need a little uptick to get on par so the BYU can go into the new season feeling pretty good? I, I actually feel like I feel really good about the offensive line. You mentioned that because you lose a Blake Freeland and you lost a couple of transfers. I was That's the position group I was most concerned about that I'm not as concerned anymore. So that's not exactly the answer you were looking for. Um, but but that if you would have asked me before the transfer portal season, I would have said I'm really concerned about the offensive line. I'm not concerned about that anymore. And I'm really not that concerned about quarterback because I think that not only is Slovis there, but I think there's some quality depth at that position as well. Um, the position I still feel like they could add a piece or two is at wide receiver. Okay. Um, and and I feel like this offense could use a guy, and maybe I could say maybe it's another guy if if, if Kingston can turn into being the kind of 10, 400 meter guy on the field that he is on the track. I feel like they need a lid lifter, like somebody out there. And I don't care if it's a, another slot player or a wide receiver that the defenses have to just say, okay, when this guy's lined up and he starts to accelerate down the middle of the field, we have to get in our back pedal and even turn around and start to run because he's going to stretch us out. And that creates all kinds of room in those intermediate routes and underneath routes when you have somebody that can do that. I'm not sure BYU has that guy. And I think Gunner and Puka were both guys that could stretch a defense. Not necessarily because they ran 10-4. I swear, Puka is faster on the field than he is running. Yeah, man. He's got game speed. Amen. Right? He's just faster on the field. Some some guys' track speed doesn't translate, and other guys are decent speed, and they get on the field, and they go, whoa, guy looks like he's the fastest guy on the field. And we know that Gunner could, when he was healthy, could stretch a defense. So you lose both of those guys. Do, you know, who can do that for BYU? That's my big, my big question mark right now. I, I think they could use some more depth at – it's safety as well. But you asked me my biggest my biggest uh, want right now is if they could find, and I know they have a few scholarships available still on the football squad, if they could find some type of downfield speed that could scare defenses at wide receiver, I'd like to see them go get another wide receiver. At the end of spring ball, uh, A-Rod said, we have five to six uh, you know, receiver scholarships if we want to use them right now. And I was like, what in the world? So we'd think that's down to four to five with Darius Laster. Uh, did right. want to ask you about men's hoops. We've had three transfer portal additions at this point. Joe Lenardi, two of the last three weeks, has said, hey, BYU's kind of eighth out. And we're like, hey, we'd take that right now, you know, be in the hunt. What do you make of the uh, transfer portal additions to BYU men's basketball? I think BYU's better right now than they, than they were last season um, be, because I think they have, with, with Khalifa, they've got some quality size inside that's going to allow Foosh to play at the four a lot more often. Foose is a mismatch for a lot of people at the five, but not in the big 12, but he will be a mismatch for people at the four, no matter what level you're playing. Right. So, so it's nice to have a six eleven guy in there to help. I think Barker is a quality shooter. He shot seven, 47% from the field coming from UC Irvine. He's a six, four wing, you know, guard that can defend, gives him some toughness out there. And, and, um, and I think that quiz, and am I saying it right? Is that what you say? Quiz, quiz, right? Quiz. Yeah. Quiz Glover. 
I like the speed that he brings on at that point guard position. Um, he really upped his game shooting the three this this last season. This is a guy that played in a bunch of games at Florida before going to Sanford. And I, I like the quickness he brings to the point guard position. Um, and, and I also like his ability to defend on the ball on the perimeter because in, in the Big 12, there's a lot of speed on that guard line for the teams. The longer you can stay in front of the ball, the better off you are defensively. I think he, he gives them that. So, so these three transfers I like a lot. I know they're kind of scholarshiped out and they're going to have to have some tough discussions because I think they need another big. If they're really going to be good, I think they need another big, um, whether it's a four or a five, but but somebody, I'm talking six, nine or taller, that they can rotate in that front line because the Big 12 is a big league. A lot of good bigs in that league. So I want a wide receiver still to be found for BYU with top end speed. And I want another big, um, you know, if, if nothing else, at least one more big to add to that. But I think that BYU's better right now than they were last season. I think Trevin Nell coming back is going to help. I think that Jackson Robinson's going to take a huge step forward. I think Dallin Hall's going to take a huge step forward. I think Connor Toulson's going to be in shape now, far enough removed from his mission that he's going to be a quality shooter. So I don't think it's crazy to think that they could be, you know, sixth or seventh in that league. And if they're sixth or seventh in that league, you know, even eighth, you're right on the bubble of the tournament, which would be more than we could ask for next season. Blaine Fowler delivering his transfer portal wish list today on a Friday to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Let's get Blaine what he wants, shall we? Let's let's make it happen. Can you guys go find me a big somewhere in the transfer portal, please? <laughs> We're on it. Blaine, great to talk with you. Thanks for the time, man. All right, guys, thanks. Uncle B doing his thing, dual threat analyst. Yeah, that's an interesting take. The the what do you say, lid lifter? Among the receivers, I like a that burner, a lot. A burner yep. that can stretch the defense. And then another big, yeah. BYU needs another big. I've been asking for the same thing. So. And you specifically want a four, right? Someone to yeah, help out Foose? It could be another, it could, be, yeah, a four slash five. Yeah, someone who is sufficiently <laughs> tall to hang in the, okay. with the tall trees of the Big 12. I know the scholarship thing is tough, but again, NIL can change things. Winning's tougher than scholarship convos. Right, you have to do what you need to do to win. Can can BYU deliver money and say, "Hey, we got to take your scholarship away for a year, but we're going to take care of you financially with NIL." Every team makes cuts. This isn't as different from high school as you think, right? Nice win last uh, night for BYU baseball. Now the Cougs going for the series win tonight in baseball at San Diego. Listen to it, nine Eastern on the BYU Radio app. Still on the way. If Lavelle Edwards Stadium had a nickname, what should it be? And does it even need a nickname? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Do it! Alongside Jaron Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Around presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. CBS uh, College Hoops analyst John Rothstein reports BYU men's basketball host Georgia State December 13th. Do you like that game? Yes, perfect game, perfect opponent. Come to Provo, BYU game that they should win next. Yeah, so here's what <laughs> me uh, has been reported so far. San Diego State at home, Morgan State, Evansville. Georgia State, all home, uh, road at Utah. And then Vegas is Arizona State, NC State, and TBD. It's plenty tough. It's so plenty tough already. Seven of the 13. Yeah. Like with those names you just listed, just more Georgia States and more Evansville's, please. Yes. And at home. And at home. BYU softball. Pay him if you need to. BYU has more money, right? <laughs> 
BYU softball needs to win their final six games in the West Coast Conference and have LMU lose two out of three against San Diego next weekend. Whew, what are the chances that BYU softball gets into the NCAA tournament and doesn't miss out two years in a row? There's a chance they miss out um, because they don't control their own destiny, unfortunately, because they lost series against LMU. Hopefully, they can win out, and hopefully San Diego takes care of business. San Diego is the third best team in the West Coast Conference, but the way BYU obliterated them does not give me great confidence that they can solve the best pitcher in the WCC. Her name is Jenna Perez. She's an honorable mention All-American at LMU. So much honor in that mentality. Uh, she's really, really good. Uh, I'd give it like a 5% chance, honestly, that that happens. And maybe that's too high. <sighs> that's not great. Not great, Bob. BYU Baseball currently at 7th place in the West Coast Conference, 9-10 record behind 6th place St. Mary's, 11-10. Top six teams make the tourney in Vegas. What are the chances BYU Baseball makes it to the tourney? WCC. They have a better chance of getting into the conference tournament than softball does of getting into the NCAA tournament, that's for sure. A little, little easier to get tough. Yeah, it's, it's because of who BYU gets to play down the stretch. A couple of clubs that are not great. Um, good win for BYU against San Diego. I'd say like a 40% chance that BYU can finish in the top six, especially if they can, if they can just sweep the series of San Diego. Oh my gosh. And then you have Pepperdine Pacific. Yes. Who are cellar dwellers Not as well. great. Yeah. Yeah. Even win the series against San Diego. It takes two out of three and then dominate. Just win series. You don't need to Dominate the cellar. Hey, let's go. At a lot of college football stadiums have nicknames like the Big House or Death Valley. Jerry. Yeah. Okay. So, if Lavelle Edwards Stadium had a nickname, what would it or should it be? I don't have a good one for this, so we went to social media. Here are some of the responses. Uh, Chase Rogers on Twitter, the Steak Center. <laughs> that would not relate to uh, everyone else. Andrew Syme on Twitter. I'd call it the house at midnight because for the last 10 years, that seems to be the time I was leaving it. Okay, <laughs> okay. The Red Midnight Rumber House. on Twitter, the Mission Home. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Justin up on Twitter, high on a mountaintop. Uh, written by my relative Joel H. Johnson. Nice. Yeah, um, high on a mountaintop is interesting. Yeah, right? because I, that's well, like, that's more like between the hedges of Georgia, right? I like would argue that. most do not have a nickname. Okay, only like the great ones have a nickname. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like Lavelle Edwards Stadium kind of does already have a nickname though. Kalani refers to it as Lavelle's house. The players refer to it as Lavelle's we house. We call it Lavelle's house. Yeah, it's, that's the nickname. It's Lavelle's house. That's yeah. kind of its nickname. Lavelle's already, a right? unique name, and so that fits in. So there. I don't know that they need another one. They kind of already have one. Yeah, also, yeah, also, it just happens organically. Yeah. It just, yep. Lavelle's house kind of seemed to happen yeah, organically, right? Yeah. Lavelle's house. We gotta protect Lavelle's house. La Casa de Lavelle. Ramp up the security, man. Let's go. <laughs> Get you that Vivint security. Yeah. <laughs> Vivint is involved. Up next, Jaron Jordan goes one-on-one -on -one with new Colts offensive lineman Harris Lachance. Let's go, Harris. Did you win? No, absolutely not. Discussing his draft experience, teaming up with Blake Freeland for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL and breakfast food? Yeah, breakfast foods. We talk about it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton. I am Jerem Gordon. I uh, spoke earlier this week with Harrison Chance, who is the rookie free agent signing of the Indianapolis Colts, beginning rookie mini camp 
Best of luck to Harris there. In our conversation, we talk about signing with the Colts, connecting with Blake Freeland, who he grew up with in Harriman, and breakfast foods. Here's my chat with Harris Lachance. Harris, congratulations, man. Uh, what was it like to go through that process and uh, ultimately land as a free agent with the Colts? Dude, it was crazy. It was uh, nerve-wracking watching the whole draft. Um, I was a fringe guy, so I, was, I was, uh, wasn't sure if I was going to get picked up in the sixth or seventh or go as a priority free agent, which I ended up doing. And uh, either way, man, I'm really happy where I landed. So, Colts have always had good offensive lines and are well-coached in that regard. Obviously, Blake um, you know, is going there. What was that fit like in terms of uh, who was interested and did you have a choice um, and why was it Indianapolis? Yeah, so um, not really. I have a great agent and he had a locked in deal with me with the Colts and mm. it just so happened that Colts picked Blake up and and then my agent texted me, said, hey, by the way, you're locked in with the Colts as well, but don't get drafted. And uh, that's what happened, man. So I was like, wow, this is freaking dope. So you were in a situation where you were like, just get me the best situation and let me know what it is. And it happened to be the Colts. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So when Blake gets picked by the Colts and then you realize you're going there too, what's that like for you? Uh, I was freaking pumped and I texted him <laughs> and when he texted me and we're like, dude, let's freaking do this. You know, I mean, we played at Harriman together, played at BYU together. Now, now we're going with the Colts together. So it's, it's, uh, it's a funny thing. You can't make that up, man. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, why destiny has us like that, but it does, man. So it's cool. And is there like a Mustang Colt thing too? Like there's something there like with horses or whatever, you know, let's go. The, the, the connections run rampant. So. I guess Cougars and horses. Yeah. Yeah. The connections are just going crazy off the charts. So is this a situation where you will sort of, uh, obviously you, you want to, you want to make the team and you want to be there a long time. Do, do you get separate apartments, but you go to dinner often? Like how, you know, how connected are you and Blake going to be? <laughs> I'm not sure, man. I wonder, I'm not sure all the details yet, but we fly out tomorrow. I know um, that's a lot of the things. Um, I, I wonder if we'll be roommates. I wonder if they'll put us as roommates. I don't think we get to choose. So that would be sure fun though, right? Ready. You'd love that. Oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be awesome. We've been talking about, I was just with Blake. So We've been we've been chatting up and and it'll be a fun time, man. I'm really excited. Did you care where you went or you just wanted an opportunity? Um, I just wanted a good fit for me, somewhere where I can play, and uh, and this is a great fit for me. And uh, yeah, I love the game and I I want to play in the NFL in the next level, and so couldn't be happier, man. All right. You mentioned the connection with Blake. Like, when did you first meet Blake Freeland? And have you always sort of been on this journey together? Um, and, and were you always friends or did that happen later? So I met Blake in high school. However, I am a little bit older than he is. And so basically, I've always known the Freelands. Um, you know, we both live in Harriman and and I know his, I've always known his dad really well. Um, his dad was my principal in like junior high, if you can believe that. Nice. So, um, but yeah, man, it, the connection's always been there and always loved them. And 
you know, it's a tight knit community, the, the Harriman boys, and we like to keep it that way. And playing at BYU together was just so awesome and so much fun and really, really bonded us, I think, even more. And now that we're, you know, going to the Colts together, I think it just continues, man. It's just funny uh, how life works sometimes. So what's the schedule like from now? What kind of contact have you had with the Colts? So I've done a lot of meetings today. We fly out tomorrow for rookie minicamp, come back Sunday, and then we're here for a week, and we fly back out uh, to go to OTAs, which is about five or six weeks. What are you hoping for? What are you expecting in that process, obviously, to uh, try and make that team? Just, I'm going to go out there um, and do what I do best. It's, you know, get the cleats on, get the helmet on, go out there and have some fun, knock some heads around, you know, uh, work on my craft, work my technique, um, learn the playbook. I mean, that's all anyone can do, really. I assume you want to be a tackle. Um, you know, you and Blake at left and right tackle would be pretty cool. Are you open to guard? Because it's been fun to watch Brady Christensen become, hey, a starting left guard in the NFL with the Panthers. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I think bookends would be really cool with me and Blake. Um, but also, a guard would be fun, too, man. I'm like, you know, a new team, but uh, I'm still a team guy. So whatever you need me to do, I'll do, man. What'd you think of the overall NFL draft for your fellow teammates? Uh, three picks and all, which was pretty cool. That was great. Um, wasn't surprised with all these guys. I mean, working with all these guys, you know, we've got, we've had a lot of NFL talent and uh, I think we will continue to. So, Are you looking forward to perhaps playing anybody specifically in the NFL, whether that's one of your teammates or like an older BYU guy in the league? Definitely all the teammates. Yeah. And all the, all the BYU alum. I mean, that's fun, you know, definitely got to get that, that after game pick, like you always post, but uh, my, you know, growing up, my favorite team was the giants. So when we play the giants, that'll be fun to play them. Be like, yeah, hopefully beat them, you know, just fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, and what's fun is there's so many dudes in the NFL now from BYU. It feels like every week there's going to be, a bunch of guys playing each other. What's it been like to kind of see the talent increase to that level the last couple of years? It's been good. It's been great for the program. I think that, uh, you know, nowadays, especially even when I came in, um, the standard was that we're going to the NFL. You know, every player in this room is gonna, has a dream to go to the NFL, and playing here is going to make us capable of doing so. So I think that that's how it's been and how it will continue to be. And I'm I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for my time at BYU. I loved it. So that line last year was special, man. Um, PFF had it as the number one pass blocking, number 12 ranked uh, run blocking. I mean, it was all time. It might have been the best O line of all time. Like, did you guys feel like you were really, really good? Yeah, I think that we continue to just try and improve ourselves every week. Um, you know, if we struggle with something, we did our best to to get better at it during the week and perfect it on Saturdays. And so, um, but, you know, I, that's what I love about the whole line is that we all knew each other for a long time. We all were boys for, you know, four or five years. So we had a lot of fun. And it's been a fun, uh, you know, like you said, five years. I've mentioned, hey, that 2018-19 
crew of kind of freshman sophomores that kind of cut their teeth at seven and six produced some special seasons uh, the next couple of years, right? 2020 and 21. And you guys salvaged 22 there at the end, which was fun. And then we're seeing these guys go to the NFL. Did you feel like that um, a few years ago where it was like, Hey, we're young, but like, we're going to be good. And then it happened. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Like I said, I was like, I think we always looked around and said, yeah, man, we're going to make it to the league for sure. We're going to get our payday, man. And it's going to be awesome. And uh, we're going to kick some butt here as well. So. And if you don't pay for dinner, Zach or Jaren can pay for dinner now, right? Exactly. <laughs> they owe me, yeah, they owe me a couple meals here. So I'll have to hit them. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> what, what is that? Like when you're like in it, um, what is like, the average amount of food slash what the cost is for like an old lineman like yourself. That's like, what are you six, eight, like three twenty five, three thirty? Like, what are we talking about here? Dude, it just depends on how hungry you are. Like, honestly, right now I'm pretty hungry. Like, <laughs> I'll, it's not, it's not unusual for me to order two meals, you know, especially I'm a big breakfast guy, you know, so mm. breakfast, you gotta go, you know, sweet and savory. So maybe I'll get, Big breakfast plate, you know, sausage, bacon, hash browns, eggs, toasts. Then I'm like, you got to create, you know, you got to, you got to, uh, you know, let the, the cravings of the sweet tooth in a little bit. So you're going to have to get a little French toast, you know, a couple of French toasts, maybe some cho- chocolate pancakes, but don't go crazy. You know, I don't want this to be like all over the, the news and stuff. Wow, Harris eats so much, it's a fatty. Listen, bro, when you're this big, you got to eat a lot. All right. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you exactly like that too. Yeah, just so, like that. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Um, you know, 150 pounds less. But yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, let, let's finish with this. What's a story from last season in a game that you really enjoyed, whether it was funny or meaningful, that uh maybe you've you've kept kind of quiet until after the season's over, but now that it's May, you can you can you can share something that was either funny or meaningful during the season that you enjoyed. Oh man. Um <laughs> I don't know. You know, we have a lot of inside jokes knowing each other for that long. Um, we can just say one word and and you'll know exactly what we're talking about, or if you're in our little circle. You're saying the whole line. In the O-line, yes, in the O-line room only, yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite memories was is that it was that Boise State game this last year, um, and it was like came down to it was a really close game, and and that week I was playing tackle with me and Blake were bookends again, kind of like the old days in, in 2021. And uh, I look at him, and we were going for a fourth down or, or something. You need to go score. And I look at Blake, and we're just like, man, like, this is freaking awesome, bro. You know, and, and you just, I just kind of took a step step back for a minute, you know, looked around Boise State Stadium and all the crazy fans, how loud it was. And I just thought, man, I'll just, you know, because you never know when your last play will be, you know. So you always just, I took it in and kind of thought to myself, man, uh, what an experience. What a life I have. I'm very grateful. You know, and then we proceeded to win. So, that was a freaking awesome trip. But that that's more the one. We have some funny jokes, and I don't know if a lot of them I can say on here, to be honest with you, but it's it's funny. <laughs> uh you gotta keep them uh, you know, to yourself. 
uh, which is funny. But yeah, the Boise State game. What like what a what a game. What a finish in the final game of a long rivalry that unfortunately goes away right uh going to the big 12 so that was a really meaningful game for a lot of people so well congratulations on making it to the colts it's so cool that the harriman boys get to uh, stay together best of luck in uh the mini camps and otas and whatnot and thanks for the time i appreciate you john well, thanks to harris for chance of the indianapolis colts now at rookie minicamp yeah, super cool. Has BYU football gained more than they've lost in the transfer portal this offseason? Yes. You tell us some more next with the elite voice of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day is at this point, has BYU football gained more than they have lost in the transfer portal this offseason? Cougar Stats on Twitter says, BYU is currently 20th in the nation for transfer portal acquisitions by 24-7 sports. That's a win. You like that. I do like that. For the second time this week, our elite voice today presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Jody Gowans on Twitter, says, yes, I would definitely take what BYU has gained over the loss, especially with Elder returning. 100%. Cody sort of adds to that, even though he never left. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. So we made a big deal of the 2000th episode of BYU Sports Nation. Yep. We're not making as big a deal no. of the 2500th episode. But that's what we had today. So uh, shout out to everyone who's been involved in the show from the beginning. We appreciate the support from Derek Marquis and Michael Dunn and now Jeff Simpson. Michael Miner, oh, yeah. our original uh, boss. And the now, OG. Now Junior, Dave Phillips, of course, and everyone involved, thank you. It, this is the funnest job that we could possibly do. We're approaching 10 years. In September. 10 Also, years. fun fact, we were not the original intended hosts. If you pay us enough, we'll tell you who the others were. <laughs> 2,500 episodes. An episode 2,500 on Cinco de Mayo. There's a reason hey, to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, let's go, babe. Our thanks uh, to today's guests, Blaine Fowler and, of course, Harris Lachance. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Somehow Dennis made the IMDb <laughs> page here, by the way. <laughs> uh, for Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Andrew Rich. BYU Softball on the BYU TV app, beginning at 7 Eastern. Go Cougs. Hey!